Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Improv Chronicle Podcast. I'm Lloydie. It's Tuesday, 7th April, 2020. If you were looking for a typical two weeks in improv, you'd look almost anywhere other than the past fortnight. For some, this has understandably meant taking a break for financial or for important mental health reasons. Others have been driven to adapt and use their improv skills to yes-and this whole crazy situation. Neither response is right. The only right response surely has to be what works for any individual. But in this, the first of two episodes on the subject, we're going to examine the challenges people have felt adapting to improv online and the community that it's helped create. I'm Owen Scribbins. Um, I learned to improvise in Liverpool. Currently, I improvise in Newcastle. I am co-director of Open Heart Theatre alongside Alex Fredera and William Steele. And we run a monthly show up here called Let Us Make It Up To You. I'm feeling nervous. Let Us Make It Up To You have been pretty bold, even trying musical formats. So what have been the challenges? One of the things that I realised about myself, and I think several of the other people said the same, is not having that immediate audience reaction. People can do side, like sign language clapping on Zoom, which is nice, but it doesn't have that same immediate feeling that you get from laughter. A lot of us who do this, especially on the comedy end of things, really thrive on audience response. That whole idea of being in the same room as an audience is one of the things we love about an improvise, about improvisation. And so to lose that immediate response and not really know what the audience is thinking um, has been really difficult um, for me. And I was speaking to one of my friends who's an actress, Katie Tranter, who works in our group. And she said, we've just got to trust ourselves more as actors than we have done in the past. The same way as you would do in screen acting, you've just got to do it and then put it out there and then get the reaction afterwards. And that's something that's new for improvisation almost. And it's learning to trust yourself. So that's been both a challenge and something that's been quite nice in the end as well. Something that's really pleased me about it is I'm definitely someone who at times can get overexcited and speak over other people. However much I've tried, that is whenever someone go asks me to something I will focus on in a show, that's pretty much my, my focus almost every show is just leave space, don't speak over people. This more than ever is now uh, sort of essential 
because Zoom or a lot of them don't really cope with more than one voice at a time. So giving space to make sure that person's finished, really focus on what they're saying and then saying your bit and making sure it has an end. That sort of space, which I love in improvisation when it happens, um, has been, that's been a great sort of, it's almost been a great practice for me to do that. In Leeds in the UK, Sophie Owen runs the improv section of Leeds University's Comedy Society, and they've moved everything they do online. It's been really interesting. So um, at the minute we're using Zoom for online improv sessions, like quite a lot of other people are doing. It's interesting like to talk about the, the difficulties of the format, because I watched a really great seminar by um, Embodied Facilitator, who are basically a London organisation that train people from all kinds of embodied disciplines, like yoga, martial arts, mindfulness, like massage, meditation. And they did like a, they did a seminar aimed at those kind of practitioners. Um, and the whole ethos of the seminar was like, look for the advantages, not for why this is a compromise. And I was like, well, if yoga practitioners can think in that way about an online medium, then improvisers should as well. Um, and so I guess the, the thing that's been really difficult is you have to work really hard to make sure people aren't talked over. Um, because there's a number of reasons why that happens, like lag and like um, some people have got like quiet microphones, which is not their fault, obviously. Um, but it means that even if you're like quite a confident personality, if your microphone is quiet, you find yourself getting talked over. Um, and it's the same for choppy internet connection and stuff. And so with my group, we started developing like a kind of code of etiquette where we have like physical symbols to show, um, oh, I, I want to make a point about this or I want to make a point, but it's like a tangent to the point that you're making and, I, and it's more of a joke or that kind of thing. What I see in, in that is that because you're having to work a lot harder to make sure people are heard and you have to work a lot harder to pass the spotlight, this is like a, this is like a kind of training ground for being better at that when we're back in physical spaces again. My name is uh, Varun Anand. Uh, I'm the artistic director of Kevalia Plays, which is a Delhi-based theatre organisation. We're actually registered as an NGO in the capital of India. Varun thinks in some ways online has been less of a challenge than running improv sessions in real life face-to-face. I, I know it'll sound silly. It doesn't feel challenging right now. It feels, I mean, okay, so you have the natural thing of looking at the technological issues, uh, people who don't have the fastest internet connections. Thankfully, India has, uh, I believe, one of the cheapest data rates in the world. We actually have quite fast internet. Uh, you have a lot of access to using data. It's a very competitive time in Indian telecommunications. So that hasn't been that much of a problem, but it does crop up now and then. The other thing is, right, just managing um, people's commitments. Surprisingly enough, I think it's harder for people when they're dealing with a mental health issue to show up to a physical workshop, uh, take the effort to wake up, get ready and go. It's far easier to cancel plans sometimes. But doing it on an online link has a... There's a safety in it. You can log in and log out immediately without having to go through all that effort. So, in fact, there's some easier things about just going online, checking out the course. You can turn your camera off. You don't have to be fully in it. And then you can slowly, gradually get into it. So those things really help. But naturally, I mean, there's small challenges like getting people to understand how the app works. From our side, too, um, we have found a lot more actual facilities that allow us to maintain performer safety. For example, the chat rooms can be shut down so people don't send private messages. You can have control over who is speaking by muting and muting. These things are far more difficult to facilitate, I think, physically, and in fact, far easier online. And even the fear of physical intimacy, I think, goes away by working online. 
So if at this point, maybe it's just early in the game for us, but we see so many more advantages to facilitating online than in person. So far, we've mainly talked about running workshops and sessions for others. But what about shows? Hello, my name's Nick, and uh, I'm an improviser with UK improv group Do Not Adjust Your Stage. No, it's not. I'm not. I've got, a do- I've got the piece of paper. I don't, I don't actually... No, I feel like you're a doctor, Dr. Pessel. Well, what does a doctor look like to you? Eh? What does a doctor look like to you? Well, I don't know what they look like, but they sound like someone that knows what they're a doctor in. This, this is a doctor. This is a doctor. I do uh, imagine them in that sort of hat, actually. Yeah, I do imagine they're sort of... It's a very rakish piece when, of paper. When we're performing on stage, you know, me and, and my group do not just a stage. We've been performing for such a long time. So we've been performing improv for 10, 12 years. And so there's all these things that you've worked out how to do without even realising which make it really, really easy. So something as simple as the best way to begin a show and, and get a suggestion. And that's second nature to us now and how to do that in a really confident way that communicates to an audience that you're in safe hands and this is going to be a, a great improv show. But actually, it isn't second nature to me and to us in terms of how to do that in an online context. And so those small sort of things that communicate to your audience, this is going to be great. Actually, we're working out how you do those when you're performing online, I think. One of the advantages of online shows is a global reach. Elana Fishbein is a performer and teacher at the Magnet Theatre in New York City, USA. She teaches all kinds of improv to all ages and all backgrounds. Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, all the governments of different countries and different states are going into border enforcement and all of us in creative fields are just tearing down all those borders because they're not real. They're completely artificial and we're, we're crossing over more than ever. Improv teaches us to practice empathy, to take on someone else's point of view, to walk in their shoes And I hope that we can continue uh, practicing that kind of work because I think it makes us better people. I think that people need perspective now more than ever. What people need from their improv is something that kept cropping up in the conversations I was having. And one word kept coming up. Connection. It's not an unusual word to hear improvisers use, but understandably, I guess, I'm hearing it used a lot more often at the moment. Owen Scrivens in Newcastle again. I think it, there's there's definitely a need there for me personally. Um, I think there's several different needs being served. So one is that I think for some of the group are, are living on their own through this situation and have that full isolation. And it's been great to give them an outlet both to speak to people socially as well as doing something that they, they enjoy. That's been wonderful. And I think that that is a need everyone has. People, human beings are social creatures by nature. And I think we have that need to socialize. And then I think there's also, yeah, I definitely have that need to be creative. Um, and as soon as I lost the sort of, reg, like knowing that I was going to not have my regular evenings that I would normally spend doing this, I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Um and but it's actually turned out to be that I'm probably doing more than I was doing before. 
And in Delhi, the community and connection is vital to the work of Varun's group. Well, yes, for us, uh, when we started working on this workshop, which looked at uh, therapeutic uh, effects of improv and mental health, we realized it had to be a consistent program. We couldn't just do a one-week workshop or a three-day workshop and then disappear. Uh, we started noticing that the people who came to the workshops found relief from it and they needed it to be consistent. So the lockdown affected everything because all of a sudden we would vanish. So there was a big pressure on us to find ways to become available again. Uh, people who are at home, that may also not be the safest space for them. Um, a lot of times the people who come to us are coming to us dealing with issues that range from being in proximity from their families. So now they're in a really tough situation where they're stuck at home, uh, surrounded by people that make them feel the least safe. So there was a big push on our part to find out how we could go online. And thankfully, I mean, through the Applied Improvisation Network, we found all these different online facilitation courses and online Zoom courses. And it's absolutely amazing how translatable uh, short form improv games and even long form improv shows are to the web and to uh, online platforms. So we're really glad we've been able to reach out to our own patrons and also finding different ways of producing theatrical work online. Farun mentions the possibilities thrown up by moving online. And Alana in New York thinks it could also present gifts to our artistic work as well. I always think that, you know, when you have limitations, there are so many more things to discover. I'm quite excited by, by having limitations. I'm obviously devastated by why we have these limitations. I mean, I feel like I'm like emotionally dead inside right now, quite frankly. I, I'm not processing um, hmm. what's going on with COVID. It's very, it's very weird and distant. It's hard to fully comprehend all the tragedy. Hmm. Um, and I feel like I've thrown all of my energy into figuring out how to do improv online as like a coping mechanism. Like I've kind of, for the last, I, I kind of went into um, a quarantine isolation type type situation around uh, March 11th. So I've been kind of in it for a while. And um, the magnet closed on March 12th. I have it in my notes. And ever since then, I've been kind of in a manic state, just figuring out how to keep keep doing improv through the crisis. And I figured out a lot with other people, which is, which is like the thing that's keeping me going, which is interesting. Yeah. What are the things that keep us going through an enforced period in our own homes? Nick from Do Not Adjust Your Stage in London. I think I wanted to distract myself and do the thing that I really loved doing. So I, that, that's honestly, that's the that's the, the reason for me is I think I wanted a, a distraction and wanted to try to keep doing the thing that brings me the most joy in life, which is well, which is usually getting on stage and improvising in front of an audience. And we couldn't do that. So it was like, right, how can we try to do the next best thing? So it's the <laughs> reason, really. And how much joy is online improv bringing you? Yeah, it's, it is really enjoyable because you're, you're doing the same thing. So you're still creating things uh, from nothing. You're still getting uh, interaction and reaction from the audience. 
and you're still working collaboratively with a group of people that you really trust and you really enjoy working with. So a lot of the things are the same. I guess uh, because it's new, it's slightly more difficult. And I think there is something wonderful about being able to see that audience and it being right in front of you, which you don't get in quite the same way. And for some, watching others take a chance on a new outlet has been really inspiring. Sophie Owen. I'm just overjoyed by the way that improv has kind of just jumped online and thrown the spaghetti planet at the wall planet and everyone has shown so much support for each other and it makes me really proud to be a part of a community that 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 takes that attitude towards its practice um rather than just like sitting in the corner hoping like going oh well i guess we can't do it we can't do improv now improv's cancelled i guess improv isn't cancelled and if you're let us make it up to you their murder mystery was live online last week. Holding it in is not good. You're right, Inspector. You're right. Now, anyway. I need, I'm definitely going to further need to join the dots. And yes, I think I need to cross-reference what you are saying, Billy. Thank you for your time. Okay. I'm going to have another drink. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs> We just made an effort really early on to get everyone we could together and try different things. And some of them were just um, us playing our normal games over Zoom and trying to work out what warm-up games work, what warm-up games don't work. Having fun when they don't work is almost as much fun as having fun when they do work. And then, and then after that, I was trying to work out, okay, what would this look like as a show? Um, what should we try and do what could we do to to keep that performance skill alive and then so initially the first show we did was an abridged musical so we got we're quite lucky in that several of the people in our group are multi-instrumentalists so we all sort of sat with a camera on ourselves and we just sang songs to each other we sort of essentially started off as just a a theater sport sort of singing songs to each other of like, oh, we challenge you to sing a love song um, about cats or we challenge you to a sad song about a day that you've had and sort of just getting people to sing in their own room because you lose that choral ability with singing, but there's something really nice about just seeing someone come up with a song on their own in a space. And we actually found that some of the songs were actually really nice and quite nice enclosed songs because they didn't have that same performance stress with them it was just someone sat at their computer singing a song um, and then so we eventually put that together into a format um which is based on a one-man show i used to do years ago which is where you tell the story of and describe what's happening in a stage musical and then sing the songs almost as if it's like an audience with someone telling the story of a musical after the fact that it's happened um and we've we've done that once online and then we've also done we have a format uh, which is a murder mystery, um, which is called Sydney Bingham is Dead. And we just play that almost identically to how we do on stage. A lot of it's just trying to work out how to best not speak over each other, give each other space. It's actually taught a lot of good improvisation skills almost of allowing people space, good acting. Um, and that's what we've been doing as far as sort of trying to get it out there. And there are so many discoveries we can still make, 
As Solana Fishbein at The Magnet explains. You know, now we don't have a stage anymore, so we have these little little boxes where <laughs> that we're perform- performing in next to each other. I mean, it's still it's still weird. I think we're still making discoveries within it, but realizing, oh, if I if I back away, it, it creates uh, more space for me to perform. <laughs> you know, just just figuring out all of the corners of that box that you can play in and playing with depth, like it's and playing with voice and playing with stepping outside that box. It's like giving someone, literally giving someone a piece of paper and one kind of drawing implement and saying, draw absolutely everything you can draw with these two tools. I think that's a good thing. That's how we make discoveries. You know, we don't, you know, we don't make discoveries when everything is at our disposal. We become overwhelmed with the possibilities. And, and so it's even even thinking about how can I how can I teach within these limitations? How can I can get people to explore that box and uh, help them make discoveries within these limitations? I think that, you know, we as improvisers were incredibly equipped to adapt to new situations, adapt to new realities and say, yes, this is true. Okay, let's play within this. You know, we've been training for this our entire lives. We also have been trained to like mess up and fail and pick ourselves up again. It's all about resiliency, right? And not taking things too seriously or or feeling the weight of it. It's about holding challenges lightly and being able to to play within those challenges, right? So so we as I feel like as as improvisers and improv teachers have like this this new mission where we need to help everyone else kind of embrace that mindset so that they don't get stuck. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. It's now become an area that we want to expand upon and make part of our regular practice because it really is fun. In part two of these conversations about switching to online improv, we hear about the discoveries, the moments of joy, and the future of online improv itself. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app by going to ratethispodcast.com slash improvchronicle. And if you have an idea for a possible episode, go to improvchronicle.com.